All right. Another day, another loss. This is just, this is the most preposterous, befuddling loss I've ever watched. We've watched a lot of bad football over the years, whether you're a Colts fan or just an NFL fan. You've never seen anything like this. Sam Ellinger, uh, by the way, this is Colts postgame, and uh, uh, we're talking about the Colts losing to the New England Patriots 26-3, to and it wasn't that close. And only because the defense was really, really good for the Colts was this game even that close. Uh, Sam Ellinger today, and it's not all Sam Ellinger's fault. There are a lot of people who are going to crap on Sam Ellinger, and rightly so, but you've got to spread the crap around. This isn't like a dog taking a dump in the front lawn. This has got to be like spreading fertilizer over every part of the property. Every part of that offense is somehow suspect and responsible for whatever the hell this was. But Sam Ellinger statistically was absolutely abysmal in a way that I've never seen an NFL quarterback be abysmal. And that includes Scott Tolzien back in 2017, uh, that season opener for the first half he played against the Rams. And I just cannot believe that the Colts left that guy out there to languish like that and didn't put in Nick Foles. Uh, I, I, why would you go out and sign Nick Foles to a deal where he's getting $4 million guaranteed if you're not going to use him on a day like today, either you want to save uh, Sam Ellinger's life back there, or you want to see if maybe changing quarterbacks gets you a little bit competitive because whatever this was, it wasn't. He was 15 of 29 today for 103 yards, nine sacks, 60 yards. So what you're talking about with the nine sacks and the 29 passing attempts, you're talking about 38 dropbacks, and you take away the 60 from the 103, and you've got 38 dropbacks that were good for 43 yards net. That is inconceivable. His, his raw, his, his gross, uh, yards per attempt, 3.6, which is also like the, the sub anything that, that I can ever remember. But you talk about the, the net yards per attempt include, and you include the sacks as an attempt. That's 38 attempts, 43 yards. All right. Not passing attempts, but attempts to move the ball through the air by dropping back and, and trying to throw. Then, uh, running the football, 22 rushes, 78 yards. Your, your leading rusher was Sam Ellinger with 39 yards. Did they? Yeah, I don't think that the Colts converted a third down. Did they? Third down efficient, uh, efficiency. 0 for 14. I, 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 has that ever happened? I don't know. Late in the game with one play to go, and that last play was a run to Jordan Wilkins for a few yards. Not many, five, six yards. They were at 1.9 yards per play, which is the lowest number in Colts history dating back to 1977. That's what this was. The Colts absolutely abysmal today at a level. I, I don't know that abysmal covers it. Like this was, this was a, a, an absolute train wreck on top of a train wreck on top of a train wreck. And, and while we're talking about reasons to blame Sam Ellinger and Frank Reich, we'll get to Frank Reich. I mean, my God. That fourth and one, I have no idea what he was doing. You run wide? What What are you thinking? Why not throw the damn ball? 
are you just but are are you that sold out, checked out that you've decided you don't need to compete anymore? Is that what's going on? Hey, um, by the way, this call in, and I want to hear from you. So activate yourself as a caller. Uh, we've got one, and we'll take them right in line. So uh, Jake's coming up next, but the offensive line, my God. It, you talk about a an absolute debacle. You had two plays back-to-back that really sort of encapsulated the entire day, and the, the first was the sack by Bernard Ryman. Bernard Ryman, the starting left tackle today, old number 79 for, for the Colts, gets bull-rushed by a delayed blitzer, and knocked into Sam Ellinger's ankle. Sam Ellinger falls down. I assign that sack to uh, to Ryman. And then the next play, a, a pass to Granson, hits him in the hands. He tips it up. Uh, Jones comes down with it for the Patriots, and he takes it to the house. The defense, not bad today. The defense was pretty damn good. Defense was all right. You know, that, that defense, the, they gave up a touchdown uh, following a blocked punt. But then the the pick six was the other touchdown. Other than that, they were pretty clean. They gave up some field goals. Anyway, let's go to the phones, and uh, we'll talk to Jake. Jake, this was – have you ever seen a football performance this pathetic? I, I honestly um, – I think it is becoming typical of Frank Wright in the style of offense he runs. I think I counted in the first half. I had to run to the store, but um, during the first half alone – Eight times on second and long, he's running the ball. And I just absolutely cannot stand it when he does that. Like, I know Sam Ellinger's not having a good day. I know the offensive line looks terrible. But second and long running without Jonathan Taylor just sets up third and long. The only thing and it goes back Jake, to what you said earlier. The only thing I would disagree you know? with you on is you said you had to run this to the store. No, you got to run to the store in the first half. Running to the Kroger beats the living hell out of watching whatever it is that you missed. So... It's not a have to, it's a got to this afternoon. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go Thank to you. Jakari. Jakari, how you doing this afternoon? Make sure and unmute. There you are. How you doing? Hold up. Hold up. I'm doing good. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't I can't uh, watch another offseason. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, in, in the offseason, I'm just thinking we're going to finally have a good – We at least last year, we were competitive in so many games. We should have been way better how many games we lost close. This year, we just suck. Like, we're like – I don't know how we were in 3-5-1. and one. I don't even understand that uh, part. You know what? Like, that brings suck. a good question. 3-5-1, and one, uh, three, four games they didn't lose. Why? Who would you – we're going to do a lot of blaming throughout the show. But who would you credit for the four non-wins – that the, the Colts have put up this season. Basically saying whose fault is it for those, those games? No, who, who can you credit? Who do you praise for the three wins and the one tie? Okay. Uh, like, we're going to spend a lot of time tie. shitting on, you know, Matt Ryan and <laughs> Sam Ellinger and Frank Reich and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't know. Who, who can Ryan. we lift I'm not up? One of those. Uh, let's lift up, uh, Alec Pierce. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know. You know what? He's as good as any. Maybe, maybe he'll be a lot better when we're actually a good team. So let's just praise him. 
You know, I'm with you, though. Uh, the offseason this year is not going to be nearly as as pleasant as previous offseasons. Like you were just one player away, and this a level of players away that is really, really unfortunate. Let's go to Rich. Rich, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing awful, Kent. Absolutely awful. I need a doctor or a therapist or something. My heart is never beating this hard since 2011, man. This season, ugh, the Colts hyped us up so much. We were a Super Bowl contender in the making, and we're we're the worst team in the NFL, in my opinion. Maybe the Raiders got us beat, but... I just cannot understand how much regression we've had this year. I was hopeful after last week. You know, I saw some good stuff, but our O-line letting nine sacks. We have – did we even get 100 yards offense today? I don't think Uh, we did. Total yards. 121. Yeah, 121. That's – it's insane. And defense was amazing. 203 yards to the Patriots. I mean – that the the punt not on defense. I'm sorry. That's special teams. They had what ten yards to go. Not right. on defense. And then that pick that that uh, pick six. Granson, what are you doing, man? Like there's supposed to be a high school connection between these two, and that happens. That was again like last week. We had that Pittman catch that was dropped. Jelani Woods earlier today in the game, and then Granson with that one. This uh, it's just it's insane. Like. Frank uh, needs to go, in my opinion. Like he looks like a zombie out there, not in a good like Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy kind of way. You know, <laughs> he, he, he looks completely lost. I mean, Nick Cross patting him on the back. I don't know if you saw that, but it's just like when you got Nick Cross, right, a rookie coming in and giving you some encouragement as a thirty-year vet in the NFL. That's depressing, man. And then Ballard, like last week I called in and I was like, you know, Ballard, he has some good picks and everything. But, dude, I think he's elite level scout. He should not be a GM. The amount of money we're paying to the incorrect positions, not addressing the O-line. We let Golowinski and Reed go. That was awful. We didn't address left tackle. That was awful. We didn't get a free agent at wide receiver or tight end. And yeah, the wide receiver group is better than what I thought. Still would be nice to have a veteran. Tight ends, not looking great. Um, Jelani Woods had that one touchdown catch earlier. But other than that, not looking great. Uh, And I just don't see Ballard having the financial management to continue with this yeah he had jt leonard Pittman, pierce buckner grove some other ones but yeah i just yeah. man i feel like we just need to blow it up what do you think yeah i i don't think that well i mean from an economic perspective i don't think you're going to be able to sell tickets for next year i i just don't see people renewing their season tickets unless you provide them a reason to hope and frank reich is not it frank reich looking somewhat like a bumbling professor on the sideline was okay when they were 10 and six with Andrew Luck as a quarterback and then 11 and five with Phillip Rivers. With what this is, it, it doesn't look quirky. It looks weak and you can't have that, but I'm firing him at this point, unless it's a mercy killing. And, and you say, look, you got to get the hell out of here for your sanity. Here's your going away check. 
Enjoy your life. Thank you very much for the effort. And we'll see what John Fox or Gus Bradley can do. Uh, I don't see any gain from that from a competitive perspective. But um, and and then with Ballard, I, Ballard has put together what should be a really, really competent front office. And what they've turned into is insecure guys who do not want to be proven wrong. And using the sixth mm-hmm. overall pick on a guard like Quentin Nelson had to be validated with that extension. Or they would look like idiots for taking Quentin Nelson instead of Josh Allen. So they extend Nelson at the level he wanted to be extended at. And he was on Dan Dockich's show, uh, Chris Ballard was, and said, I think Dan said $16 million. And Ballard said, well, I don't think it's going to be that much. Well, it was $4 million more than that. It was $20 million a year with 60 of it guaranteed for a guy who somehow changed your culture. And, and we've yet to really see the, the fruits of that change to this point. It, it, it was an area of strength in 18 with Gooch as the coach. Since then, mm-hmm. it hadn't been great. So I don't, know, I don't know how you trust Chris Ballard to rebuild it this time when he was in charge of the last rebuild. And, and he wound up screwing it up. I just don't see it. Thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. Good call as always. Uh, we'll, go to, uh, we'll go to Zach. How you doing, Zach? Zach, how you doing? Hello? Good. How I'm are you, good. man? Hey, it's my first time calling in. It's my first time calling in. So I'm a bit of, I'm a, bit of a pessimist. So there is absolutely no reason that we should have been happy at all this entire yeah. season. I'm going to start with this. What good team loses the games that we have lost? Who ties the Texans? <laughs> Who gets blown out by the Jaguars? Why are we so reactionary? Why are we so emotionally reactionary to these games? Everybody was back on the train when Sam Ellinger was named the starter. Why? He hasn't taken a snap. He's never played quarterback in the NFL. Why are we all so excited for this? It's been obvious this whole season that this team is not good. We do nothing well. I mean, don't get me wrong. The defense the defense is good. The defense is good. They're good. They put us in a position to win. But, the, I mean, even going back to last year, we, we can't score. If you think about the last year when the, when the season first started, we couldn't score inside the yeah. red zone. This is not a new problem. It's not. Our offense is not good. Nothing has changed. Why are we losing the games that we've lost? You know why? Because we're not a good team. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it is absolutely embarrassing. This team is horrible. Why is everybody? I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why people are. I mean, after a win, people get so happy. Why? I want to lose. I want this team to change. Like, I understand you want your team to win, but, like, looking forward, we have to lose if we want change, whether that's at the head coach, whether that's at the GM, or it's for the draft. Good comes out of losing right now. Well, and, and nothing it, comes- I hope you're right, because if you're not right, we got a problem, because losing is what's coming. Colts with the fifth hardest uh, schedule remaining, and uh, things don't look good for the Colts. And and one thing, and I tried to tell people, either on Breakfast with Ken, Inside Indiana Sports Now, on the YouTube channel, uh, on the call-in shows that we do every single post game, 
that Sam Ellinger is not the answer. And anybody who watched any part of training camp understood that Ellinger wasn't the answer. He processes slowly. He delivers the ball. Uh, It's an elongated motion, even in what he's worked on with Tom House. He doesn't deliver the ball with velocity. He is not a guy who looks anything relative to a starting quarterback in the NFL. He just doesn't. If you break him down by parts and, and then reassemble him, he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He might be the most likable guy in the world. And, and he won four bowls when he was at Texas. But it's a hell of a lot harder to win games in the NFL and start games in the NFL than it is in the Big 12. And, and people who thought that Sam Ellinger was going to be the savior riding in on that white horse, they just did, they hadn't seen him. And they didn't know what it was to play the quarterback position at the level he's got to play it at in order to, uh, in order to be successful. Let's go to Adam. Adam, make sure to unmute yourself. How you doing this afternoon? And uh, I would assume you're not terribly happy. I don't know what in the world you might have seen that would make you happy, but how you doing? Hello, kid. I'm not happy at all because I went to a play a tournament uh, near the Colts facility for soccer, and we lost, and this loss made my life a lot worse. Then a, a loss Pretty even sad. that you had played in yourself. All right. Well, that's interesting. Interesting perspective. Let's go to uh, JP Folks. JP, how you doing this Sunday? You know, um, firing Brady was a career-saving favor because it only took one game to clearly demonstrate he had nothing to do with this offense or any of the problems associated with it. I honestly, I know that it's not legal to tank. I've never seen a more blatant, we're not even going to try to win this game from start to finish. Have you ever seen an offense so intentionally try not to win. I've never seen an offense, uh, an offensive performance this bad. I, I've never seen that. And I've seen a lot of really bad offensive football, either by the Colts uh, a couple of different seasons or with the Bears back in the day. But you always kind of had something you could hang your hat on and say, you know, at least Peyton's something. You know, Roland Harper's not bad. Uh, James Scott's not bad. And I'm going back all the way to the 70s to, you know, look at the the bright side for some of those Bears teams. But today, I, they were just horrible. And you're exactly right. You know, they keep eliminating guys. They fire Blankenship as a scapegoat. They uh, replace Matt Ryan, scapegoating him. Then they scapegoat Marcus Brady. And if anything, they've just continued to get worse throughout the season as they've winnowed away those people who are thought to be problems. Yeah, I think Reich has fallen on his sword. He's dead man walking. And I look, we we've got one positive outlook is that we're going to get a good draft pick and we got to hope that one of these quarterbacks, you know, in in the uh, NCAA this year is going to fall into our lap. We're not going to get probably the first or second pick, but we definitely in the running for the third. Yeah. A a lot of, well, a lot of things can happen that are so bad that they wind up being good. I, I don't see how the Colts, and you know what? Things happen. And it, I mean, it was just not that long ago. We were kind of optimistic about what was going on when they were 3-3-1, three, three, and one, which, as it turns out, wasn't the, wasn't the wisest way to look at things. But you know what? It's football. And 
we got to have something to entertain us on Sundays. Um, but wow, was this terrible. And it really gives us no hope for anything better. And when you've got players who are walking up to you and you're on the sideline as the coach and you got players kind of patting you on the back, almost like they're walking past the cans, uh, casket and laying their hands on your chest and saying, you know what, uh, we appreciate you. You lived a good life. It, that's what it looked like with Reich on the sidelines, and that is not a pleasant situation for Reich, the players, or anybody else. That's a great analogy, Kent. It really is. I, yeah, there's not a whole lot to look forward to. Um, I, I will say the one bright spot for me today is I did have the Patriots defense on a lot of my fantasy teams. <laughs> so, you know, you got that going for me. Thanks a that's lot, Ken. That's the bright spot of the afternoon. Good to talk to you, JP. Let's go to Abkul. Abkul, how you doing this afternoon? Make sure and unmute yourself. This is a uh, what a hell of a day, right? Ken, when will this end, Ken? January 8th. When will this end where the defense plays their hearts out every single game and the offense, when they go on the field, just gives them a slap in the face and they're just like, nah. You could go back on the field. Well, you know what? And, and this is where, I, where I hold the Colts responsible for this. Is there is no way that an intelligent football guy who spent his career in the game watched Sam yep. Ellinger at any point during camp or during practice. And we don't get to see the practices once camp closes. You, you get to see him stretch and stuff, but not really work. There is no way if you knew anything about football, you thought Sam Ellinger was going to be a guy who could win you football games on the regular to the point where you could go to the playoffs. It was inconceivable. And, yep. and they take Matt Ryan down and they throw Sam Ellinger out yeah. there and the fan base gets excited. Their expectations are elevated. And why? You know, for what? You put a kid why? in a why? position I feel like where he's be- going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. No, and also, Kent, think about it. Frank Reich, he, he fire, fires Marcus Brady, right? Marcus Brady is out. Okay, then you bench Matt Ryan, right? He has the shoulder separation. You start Sam Ellinger. And then Matt Pryor, he was doing bad at the beginning of the game, but then he goes out. So you have three changes, but the same results. How is that possible? Yeah, there's the reason, you know, Matt Pryor starting at right guard is malpractice. You know going into the game he can't play dead. And and you're going to start him anyway. And Belichick's not an idiot. Belichick's a good coach. And what's he going to do? Of course, he he goes at that side of the offensive line, makes it really, really hard for Pryor and for, uh, you know, Braden Smith. And then he decides, you know what, let's have some fun with Bernard Ryman too and let's knock him on his back into Sam Ellinger's legs. But, but Kent, one last thing. I mean, uh, one last thing before I go. Um, I'll just say this. Nine sacks, Kent. What – what are your thoughts on that, man? Nine sacks. Is that hard to accept that there's nine sacks, this O-line game? Yeah, I, I've never seen uh, passing statistics the likes of what the Colts put up today. Uh, Sam Ellinger dropbacks. All right, so we're adding sacks, two attempts, yep. 38 of them. And he threw, if you subtract wow. the sack yardage from the total yards, he threw for 43 yards. That's 38 attempted, kind of attempted passes. Uh, at least you're trying to pass. Wow. And, and yeah. they gained 43 yards. That's impossible. 
that in the NFL, that's the worst thing. That's the worst statistical note I've ever heard from an NFL game. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. All right, thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Get a milkshake. Jake, how you doing? Make sure there you are. Good, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good. This this was a debacle, wasn't it? Oh, you – yeah. I don't even know where to start, dude. I mean, on the one hand, I do – I don't mind the loss as much because draft pick purposes. As an Ohio State fan, I never thought C.J. Stroud coming to the Colts would become this much of a possibility as it is now. Um, But – uh, do I still think it'll happen? No, I think we'll probably end up with someone else. But um, so, so you're an Ohio yeah. State fan, okay? Yes. H- how old are you? I am 23. Okay, so you haven't been around going back to like Schleister and, and people like that. But why is yep. it that Ohio State quarterbacks haven't been able to play at a high level in the NFL? Is there something? Like with 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 the program, is it just bad luck? Because I look at C.J. Stroud, and I see a guy who could play at the NFL level, and then I say, well, Ohio State, I, I'm not sold on Ohio State quarterbacks. Am I being unfair? No, uh, not at all, honestly. Um, they have not produced at the NFL level the way Ohio State fans would want them to. I mean, look at Terrell Pryor. He changed positions. Braxton Miller changed positions. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins, um, and J.T. Barrett didn't really pan out either for the Saints. So it's it's fair criticism. Um, I think the story is still out on Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to see him in a Colts uniform too. Well, uh, go beat the hell out of Michigan in a couple of weeks because uh, one thing that we can all rally around is that we hate Harbaugh. So go get uh, oh. go get Michigan and beat the hell out of them and knock them out of the college football playoff, please. Uh, let's go to Gavin. How yeah. you doing this afternoon, Gavin? Make sure and unmute yourself. There you are. Sorry, Ken. No How worries. All good. I'm not doing great. I'm a Purdue fan. We got our asses kicked by Iowa yeah. yesterday, and now I got to watch this. Uh, uh, whatever. The thing about this is, I don't even see any future of success for the Colts in the short term whatsoever. I mean, what are you going to tell a potential head coach? You got your three keystones of the line locked in Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, and Braden Smith, and they're the worst O line in the league. So we're gonna what, we're gonna draft a quarterback first round and look what happened with Andrew Luck. He got killed. He retired early. My, why would Michael Pittman want to resign? I mean, this offense is terrible. He could go somewhere else and be more productive. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he got six thousand carries in Wisconsin, and he's already playing like a washed up vet, pretty much. There's no the only bright spot on this team is our second string defensive tackle and Grover Stewart and it's a sad time to be a Colts fan man there's nothing really to look forward to I mean there's too many holes not enough draft picks Chris Ballard signed too much money to the wrong positions there's no fixing this without like five years to rebuild this team completely and it's going to be really tough they're going to have to figure out whether they want to draft a uh, a left tackle or a quarterback in the first round do you draft a quarterback and expose him or do you draft a left tackle and not have a starting quarterback who's worth a shit again 
Uh, that's a really tough yeah. uh, question. Grover Stewart, by the way, two tackles for loss today, five total tackles. And uh, Grover Stewart is playing like a, a pro bowler at the minimum and maybe an all-pro guy. He and DeForest Buckner might be the best defensive tackle tandem in the NFL today. Um, you know, it, it's hard to kind of think that Aaron Donald and whoever's next to him at D-tackle isn't going to be uh, the best two. But I think Buckner and Stewart are playing their asses off and are really, really fun to watch. And DeForest, seven tackles today, a sack, a tackle for loss, three quarterback hits. He's playing out of his mind. Stewart's playing out of his mind. And it doesn't make any damn difference. And that tells you why the inside-out build is absurd. Because it doesn't make – you have great play going on right now at defensive tackle. Quiddy Pay played his ass off today, coming off the high ankle. Uh, you know, Ngakwe hadn't played dead yet. Another half a sack for the guy. Um, but wow, you're kind of you're up front. You're doing all right. And then at the offensive line level, how many early round draft picks have you spent on guys? And what kind of O line player are you getting for the most expensive line in the NFL? Uh, let's go to Michael. How you doing, Michael? Well, I've done better, but otherwise I'm doing okay. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head about the offensive line. The highest paid offensive line in the league, and in one quarter you have negative two yards. (laughs) (laughs) How does the most highly paid offensive line doesn't even allow for a positive even one yard in a quarter? In an NFL game. Well, here, I I, I can tell you, and it's a a three-pronged failure. The first is, like you said, the offensive line. The second is Sam Ellinger is a third-string quarterback. And then beyond that, you got Jordan Wilkins, who was unemployed five days ago. As your your running back of, uh, of, uh, like, to me, he was the best they had today. And that's absurd. He had three carries yes, for, for 13 yards. And uh, I, I think, he, yeah, he caught four balls. He was your, he caught f- four balls. That was your highest. Uh, nobody had more receptions than that. He was your leading. He's player of the game. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go next to uh, No Thanks. How you doing? Above ground and upright, Kent. That's about all I can say. And and that's a good thing. You know what? As long as we can go get a chocolate milkshake at the end of the day, it's all we need. Hey, they, some people don't have that. So we there you go. For something, right, Kent? But uh, the, they should change the name of this team from the Colts to the Indianapolis Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing like seeing talented players scattered across a football field with a terrible game plan on the offensive side and just absolutely no change yep. on the defensive line. They could – I mean, I, for all but the Jacksonville game, this defense, and maybe the Houston game, this defense played well enough to win every week. And I don't know how many ways we need to be shown that it is Frank Reich and Frank Reich alone, aside from the quarterback situation, that is holding this offense back. But there are coaches in the NFL that could do 10 times the job of coaching around a controlled quarterback. I know well, he, he, you know, you look at what Frank Reich's done. When he's had good quarterback play, he's been pretty good. And when he hasn't, he's been bad. 
And and I think that that kind of mirrors what happens with a lot of coaches. Where, where you know, when Belichick had Brady, all they did was win. And without Brady, Belichick prior to Brady and after Brady hasn't been too terribly good, a below 500 coach. Uh, but Reich, and it's partly, it's partly the vibe with the guy that's bothersome, right? You watch him on the sidelines. And like I said earlier in the show, when – when things are going good, he kind of looks like a quirky professor. And when things are going bad, he looks feeble. And and things are going bad, he looks feeble. He looks like he's not having a very good time. And he's got he's got players kind of surrounding him like he's on life support, and they're all saying goodbye. That's not a good vibe for this team. I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Let's go to Rick. How you doing, Rick? Oh, I'm doing well. Hey, so some of what I wanted to comment on, has already been discussed a little bit. You had previous callers mentioned about five years to rebuild this team. And I tend to lean that direction. And here's what concerns me the most. There's no way you go sign Matt Ryan unless you honestly believe in the talent of this offensive line. And obviously that they're not nearly as talented as what Ballard and Reich thought they were. And so now I begin to question, of course, their ability to assess any of the talent on the team. And that's, that's what concerns me the most. And so I'm not one of those guys that wants a five-alarm fire and just go fire everybody, but I'm at this point where this group can't rebuild this team. They couldn't assess properly what they needed in a quarterback, and they went out and spent all that money on Matt Ryan because they have an offensive line that they thought was way better than it actually is. And so I question their ability to assess that talent. So I'm curious about your thoughts. Well, I completely agree with that, and, and I'll give you a specific example, and that's Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor signed a deal this offseason – that's paying him this year $5.45 million to be the starting right guard for this team. And he can't play. He is terrible. That they assessed him as a necessary component for this team, let Mark Lewinsky go, which I didn't necessarily disagree with. But if you're going to replace him with Matt Pryor and have him start on a day like today where everybody watching the game says, oh, my God, look, it's, it's Matt Pryor. We, we can't do it. So you're, if you watch a line like you should if you're, if you're watching a game, you understand where Belichick's going to attack. He's going to attack right over the top of Matt Pryor. They twist. He can't, he can't move his feet to the point where he can cover a twist. And all of a sudden, he's got nine sacks. This guy's been terrible, and they didn't know five hours ago that he was going to be terrible in this game when every single Colts fan in the world did. And like I said, he's making $4.45 million this year to do something at a horrendous level. He is a terrible right guard, and the Colts are paying him more for this season of being terrible than a steel worker, an iron worker, a, a guy who works road construction, a construction worker, a teacher, a cop, a fireman, any of those people are going to make in their entire careers. That's pathetic. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you've said before, and this is one of the, the last comment I'll make about this, is that, you know, the, the bad quarterback play has done nothing but expose that. And you, when you have this, if you were, if they were actually capable of assessing the O-line appropriately, they would have known they needed one of two things. Either a quarterback who can get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker by assessing his routes and, and his reads and getting the ball out of the hands a lot quicker than any of the quarterbacks we have because Matt Ryan couldn't do it or a quarterback with feet 
who can actually move and make something happen like some of these more athletic quarterbacks that we see around the league. One of those two things had to be the case for this to be a good football team this year, and we have neither. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Smart call, and that's exactly right. The, the Colts assess their level of talent with great arrogance, and arrogance is almost always going to get beat in the end, and it is getting beat this year. Let's go to Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? I'm not doing too bad, Ken. I'm doing great. You know what? As soon as this ends, I'm going to go get me a chocolate milkshake at Sunday's, and I'm going to have a a nice uh, moment of repose in the car as I consume it. I don't blame you. Well, I I got a question for you. With your knowledge of of team leadership and this team and their history, do you think that the leadership is self-aware enough to see this team is lucky to even have the wins they have, and they are not as good as their record? No that they are, are truly probably a one-win team. They have one win that I feel like they deserved. And they are – I really have a fear that they are going to have eke out a few more wins and the leadership is going to be like, hey, we didn't do that bad. It was six wins. It was five wins. It was seven wins. And we're going to just keep doing the same song and dance. That's you know what? I, I think it's even worse than that because the last two cycles, they hired Ryan Grigson and Chuck Pagano – And then they hired Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. And I'm not happy with any of those hires, to tell you the truth. And that's a Jim Ursay issue. I don't know that I trust Jim Ursay, kind of like the Bears. The Bears keep hiring yo-yos as GMs and and yo-yos as coaches. And, And so Bears fans that aren't delusional, they understand that the problem is at the ownership level with the McCaskies and Ted Phillips here. I think he got kind of the same problem. You, you've got a guy who in 1998, early 98, hired Bill Polian, and that was a really smart thing to do. And since then, I don't see him, Jim, being a guy who's made smart hires. And I think that if, if they're going to uh, – like, here, here's the thing about firing people. If you're going to fire somebody, you've got to make sure you replace them with somebody better or you're the problem. And I think that we're, we're getting very close to understanding that about Jim Ursay. And, and I don't like feeling that way about Jim Ursay and, and his ownership of the Colts because you can't change owners. We're, we're, we got Jim. And if Jim's not capable of hiring the right guy to run this franchise and the right guy to coach it, then yep, you know, I, we're just we're on really a treadmill of mediocrity that's just not never going to end. All Bill Polian, or maybe not even Bill Polian, but all Peyton Manning, are mostly because the years without them have not been all that successful. They have not been. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. We'll go to Rich in, in a second, but I want to mention this about Bill Polian. Bill Pullian inherited a pretty damn sweet gig because two years prior to him getting the job, uh, Bill Tobin took Marvin Harrison in the first round. And then the year before he got the job, uh, Bill Tobin took Tarek Glenn. And so he started with a Hall of Fame level wide receiver and a Ring of Honor level left tackle and then got the first overall pick so he could go take Peyton Manning. And and so, you know, I think he was kind of born on third base and in scoring, it really wasn't that difficult. You know what I mean? Um, and, and But then he did good work taking Edge, taking Reggie, 
did a lot of good work in drafts and and build around those guys to win a Super Bowl. Um, but boy, oh boy, he, he kind of had two boxes checked that we really don't at this point. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Rich. How you doing, Rich? Hey, how's it going? It, Kurt? It's going good. And I, I think I blew out a different caller. So if that caller wants to rejoin, I apologize. I hit a button and off you go. Uh Oh, and there, there goes Rich. Rich is gone, but Rich did that to himself. Let's go to Toby. How you doing, Toby? Good, Ken. How about you? So I I think I figured out two secrets or one secret and one solution. So I think the secret is it goes back to last season when they were doing the Colts hard yeah. knocks. I think that Ballard and, and Reich were secretly using, using hard knocks to audition to Hollywood or pitch to Hollywood for a third or fourth or fifth uh, football version of Major League <laughs> because it's exactly that. And then the third, the next thing is, my suggestion is now, at the point we're at, the hell with it. Matt Fireich, Fireich, let Matt Ryan be the coach, bring him back off inactive, let him be the coach, and let's just see what the hell happens. <laughs> I like the way you think. That's, a, uh, that's an out-of-the-box solution. Let's go. Uh, we'll go to Jake in a second, I'm, but I, I will tell you that I do believe that something bad happened with Hard Knocks. And, and Chris Ballard was not in favor of bringing Hard Knocks uh, in. Hard Knocks came in, something changed within the fabric of that franchise, and it wasn't good. What happened in, in uh, against Vegas here and then in Jacksonville to end that season and what's happened since then has not been good. There's a schism in that locker room. I don't know what the cause was. I don't know what the solution is. But there's a problem in the DNA of the character of this team. All right, let's talk to, uh, let's talk to Jake. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Ken? I'm living a dream. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Um, I posed this question in the comments, um, and it's one I've just – it's kind of been on my mind throughout this whole season, really. It's can Frank Reich really only work with quarterbacks that he's familiar with? Because Jacoby Brissett didn't prove to do well in the end. Um, Phillip Rivers he did well with, obviously. Andrew Luck, I guess, is the only outlier there. But then – Carson Wentz, Wentz had one of his better years, and we know what happened with Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger. So you know, he so. really did, and, and going back to Wentz for a minute, and, and I think people get it a little bit twisted about the vaccine deal. Um, it, it, I don't think anybody was upset with him for not for, – for, it, it wasn't the vaccine itself. It was the NFL protocols for those who are unvaccinated that put those players kind of in a different category as far as missing weeks because they didn't get vaccinated. So it's not about the efficacy of the vaccine or the research or any of that. It's about the NFL and what the NFL did. And I think that that might be one of the things that has caused a schism in the locker room where some of the guys are still unhappy at those who didn't get vaccinated and some are who didn't get vaccinated are unhappy with those who did and, and judge him negatively. And I think that that's part of the problem for this team. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Will. How you doing, Will? Make sure to unmute yourself. There you go. I'm good. Uh, uh, I was just calling cause 
I see people in a. Do you feel like I heard? I heard you say with the the uh, Grixon, the Chuck, and the Baller, and the. Uh, I don't think I don't think Baller's the problem. It's coaching. Like we have the talent. Like we have the talent. It's not Baller's fault. Baller can't can't go on the field and coach. That like he hired that staff, and I said I said I was happy when uh when uh. What is his, what is the guy name from uh from New England? I was happy when he we pulled, when he pulled out the job. I might have been wrong because that this might get uh that might got might might have got Ballard fired. Yeah, McDaniel's right. Yeah, I, I was I said I was happy when he pulled yeah. out of the job, but I'm I might have been wrong. That that right there might have got uh Chris Chris fired, and I'm sorry. We can put the record and all of that stuff on Chris. He's not coaching. All he his job is the is to give the coaches the talent, and they're supposed to work out the talent. He's given them the talent in the in these in these last six years. We have we have literally had the best defense. I had. I'm I'm only 28. I, I haven't watched a whole lot of coach football, but I have been a coach fan my whole life. We have had the best defense since I've been watching coach football. Yeah, like our our, our team. Our team has literally, since I've been watching Coach Football, ran off of the offense. What What do you think that's about not the offense? Uh, but a... look, it, it's on Ballard that Matt Pryor is the starting right guard on this team, and he can't block you or me. It, that is. That is. That is. That is. And and I put the whole offensive line on him because this thing has regressed since Gooch has yes. left. That thing has regressed since Gooch has left. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't know that yeah. Gooch wasn't fired because he swears too much. I think it made Reich uncomfortable to, I, ha- to have a guy who engages, and he was a hilarious swearer. Why well, he swore all the time. I, I think that, I, that bothered Reich. And I Reich. loved it, because it was like... Getting fired. I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Let me make sure I hit the button correctly. You know, you walk past. There you are. Make sure not to get yourself I don't know why, but I can still hear that last person. Um, there we go. And he, uh, yeah. Uh oh. Let me go back. This is uh, this is always uh, a challenge. There we go. There we are. And so, that, make sure and unmute yourself, Rich, and off we go. There, no, th- yeah, that's you. All right. All right, yeah, I'm doing a little bit better. I had myself some black raspberry ice cream. I'm not much of a milkshake yeah. guy, but doing a little bit better. Uh, but I was going through some stats today, and, like, I'm really more upset because the Patriots are not a good team, but they kept us to the ninth fewest yards in franchise history since 1997. Since tracking third down conversions in 1991, we are the worst in NFL history. 0 for 14 on third down since the Bengals went 0 and 13 in 2020. <laughs> this year, we're the only team in the NFL to trail leading the fourth quarter. And Reich saying shit like, I certainly did not ex- anticipate today. I really didn't. You're never as far off as you think. I don't care what anyone says. I've been around too long. Yeah, you have been around too long, Frank. This is ridiculous. Get off this team. And without luck, you aren't crap. And it's just, it's, it's just really frustrating to see that we have such a good roster, in my opinion. I mean, look how defense yep. did today. And we're wasting it with a guy who t- 
to me is just the like expired vanilla ice cream that I've had in the back of my f- fucking freezer for five years. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. We need to get rid of this guy. And yeah, I guess keep him until the end of the year so we can tank or whatever. But, you know, Jim Mersey, again, you mentioned that like he's lucked into Manning and Luck himself. And what we had 20 years almost yeah. of elite quarterback play and we got a, two Super Bowl appearances and one ring to go, you know yeah. show for it I don't I just don't trust this guy uh, the fact that Grigson was around for as long as he was with all the drama that was leaked out of there and now we're dealing with this stuff it's just it, I don't have a lot of co- uh, confidence in Jim anymore and I say uh pass the ball pass the ball to Carly let her take over the reins Jim. thank you very much I appreciate it and you know one of the things that bothers me about Frank before we uh go to JP, is that Frank talking to the media, it's just nonsense. It, it, it's just, you know, it's just words. I, I spent a year as a news photographer uh, at a, a TV station, and every time we had to go out and talk to a, a congressman or a senator, some kind of politician, it, it was just, it was the worst assignment because they never said anything. And it feels the same with Reich. He just never says anything. And when he does say stuff, you, you scratch your head and say, well, that, that really doesn't even make sense. Like, there's no way that he can't. And he says it every time. Yeah, we had a great week of practice. Uh, the guys were really hitting on all cylinders. And then we got out here today and we were a little bit flat to start. I, What are you talking about? Like, every week of practice can't be extraordinary. And then every game you get off to terrible starts. There's something wrong with the process. Let's go to JP. How you doing? Hey, Kent, this is why you're the top sports guy in the marketplace, if not one of the best in the country. Um, Hard Knocks destroyed this team. It took guys who were unknown and made them known. It took guys who were known and made them famous. And this team has been dysfunctional to the nth degree ever since. We had all these guys make Pro Bowls that they had never gotten any attention. They got all these votes. They got the big heads. They got a bunch of, you know, now we've got given – guys big contracts and it destroyed the the unity of the team i i think you nailed it that is absolutely what destroyed you know, the and team. It, it it kind of goes back to who runs the show you know it, ballard has has said he said on dan's show that he didn't want hard knocks here he was virulently against it and and the only person he can be overruled by is jim and and so Jim said yes when Ballard wanted to say no. Jim needs to delegate the entire operation to his guy and, and let his guy run it because the character of a team and the culture of a team is never so solid that it can't be destroyed by something else, some kind of extraneous uh, sort of a, uh, a, a prompt. And that's what, that's what Hard Knocks wound up being. Thank you, and thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, well, you know, Uh-oh. the team, the I, I bounced, yeah, I'm sorry, JP. I thought we were done. Uh, add yourself back if you, if you want to, I'll go back to you quick. Uh, Noah, how you doing? Uh Oh, Noah dropped. It's, something has happened with my ability to, to hit the buttons correctly. Let's see. All right. Let's go back to, let's go uh, back. Noah, Noah, how you doing? Make sure and unmute yourself. There you go. I'm doing pretty good, I'm man. Good. How about you? Disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. That was the worst offensive performance I've ever seen. And I've seen a shit ton of football. That was god awful. 
the question is, are the playoffs still in the week or no? <laughs> playoffs? Playoffs? Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> Somebody's got to call Jim Mora. You know, let's bring Jim Mora in as the interim guy for the rest of the year just so Tim Bragg can come back and ask him that question like he did 21 years ago. Playoffs. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. I, I appreciate it, Noah. That's excellent. Luke, how you doing this afternoon? Make sure, There you go. Oh, I'm doing yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, so how would you rank this to the 2004 Colts game where Manning only put up three points? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? In 2004, there was hope, right? Uh, in, in 2022, right. there is no hope. And, and Sam Ellinger and Peyton Manning, uh, I don't think, uh, belong in the same room. And and that's unfair. You know what? Sam Ellinger should not be in this position. Like, he, he shouldn't be. It, 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 we're kind of excoriating him, right? Because this was completely inert. You look up inert in the dictionary and, and you see a horseshoe or, or a, you know, a team picture of this offense. This offense was terrible at a level that I've never seen yeah. an offense be. But that's not Sam Ellinger's fault. All Sam Ellinger is is was today is what he is and that those guys don't see it is just look one of two things is true the first is that these guys uh, are terrible at appraising quarterback play and that goes to like parks frazier and scott milanovich and reich and the, the late marcus brady or these guys can't teach it and if these guys believe that they can teach a mediocre quarterback to operate at a really high level, that's a level of arrogance that you can't overcome. And it's because of that that I think Frank Reich ought to be fired. Yeah, 100%. Um, along with that, so on the offensive line, there was a couple of the sacks where it was we had six guys blocking and they only had four guys rushing. Yeah. Um yeah. And, you know, our guys couldn't block that. And you look at other teams that have injuries on the offensive line. You don't see teams with, you know, second and third string offensive linemen playing that bad. No, no you don't see nine sacks very often. And and I, you did see, I think Jacoby Brissett was sacked ten times once. But this was yeah. this was this was terrible. And and uh, a failure on a like a catastrophic level at all five spots. And I thought that Braden Smith wasn't terrible, but it, Braden Smith today should have been the worst of the offensive linemen for the Colts, and yet he right. was the best. And and that tells you where this. And and I'll I'll tell you something else that really kind of bugged me. And I really like Ryan Kelly, and I think he's a good dude, and and has played in his career. This is his seventh year. He's played at a Pro Bowl level. Today, he just kind of stood around. Like you saw 78 yeah. standing and just kind of watching periodically. And and I don't dig that. I, that shows a level of checked outedness that really kind of bugged me today about Ryan Kelly. Yeah. So, I mean, do you put that blame on Ryan Kelly or the coaches having them ready? Like, that's like what's tough for me is like, 
just frustrated with who. And that's exactly the question. That's a great question, and it's kind of a chicken or egg thing. Like, you can change coaches, but how do you change an offensive line? You better hope that you can fix it with coaches, because if you've got to fix it with an offensive line, you got real trouble. Let's go to Fulton and wrap things up. How you doing, Fulton? Doing great, Kent. How are you doing, good. bud? What'd you think? Uh, let's see. Um, I know they had a bad experience with Colts, and um, I know I was disappointed about it. I really wanted that win because um, I know that Hines is gone and he's um, went to another yeah went to the Bills um, football. Yes. So I'm hoping that the Colts could um, try to pull another win next well, week. Well, we can, we can always hope. They go to Vegas, and and in Vegas there's always hope because you're coaching against Josh McDaniels. I appreciate it, Fulton, and I appreciate everybody. Hey, um, Ken, don't forget, um, grab yourself a milkshake. Yeah, thank you very much, Fulton. Get a milkshake yourself. Um, thanks yeah, to everybody thank for you. calling in, and uh, good show, a lot of fun. And even if even if the Colts lost, and, and they lost, and they lost in horrifying fashion. Yeah, it's still fun to sit around and talk about it, and I appreciate everybody for taking the time to do that. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, at 7 in the morning. We'll tell you how you can win a Jonathan Taylor autographed jersey. We'll do that tomorrow morning and all week long.